0: I just want to say good morning. Uh, You guys look great as always. Uh, Good to have you all here. If you're visiting, thank you for being here. Uh, We're honored that you would be with us at New Life Church. I know today's kind of a rainy, nasty day, but I'm hoping that you still have a great day and a good weekend anyway. Hoping it's going good so far. Uh, Memorial Day weekend. Anybody got big plans or already had big stuff going on? Yeah? No? Grilling, hot dogs, hamburgers, any of that? Sunburns yeah I, yeah me too. yeah I'm still getting used to the sunscreen on this a little bit so um, it is Memorial Day weekend and I don't know if you guys remember last year um, I was in the pulpit on Memorial Day weekend. Uh, we did uh, uh, the entire sermon was kind of themed around Memorial Day. Um, it was a, a story of how every situation in life and the gospel and everything, we have a good guy, a bad guy, and a damsel in distress. So that might kind of remind you of what we talked about. Um, I didn't theme uh, anything around that this year, but I do want to take a moment and um, and recognize what uh, this weekend is. And so uh, last year, again, I had a, a video we were going to play and all that. Um, I didn't didn't do that this year, but I do want to say uh, Memorial Day weekend. It's always a lot of fun. You know, it, it's hanging out with friends and family. It's grilling. It's usually sunshine and maybe going to the lake. And I know with the rain and everything, it might look a little different this year. But um, I think the most important thing is that we never forget to remember what this weekend is about. And so um, just really quickly, um, I just want to say you all know uh, how fortunate we are uh, to be in a country and, and in a place where we're able to, to do this, to gather on a Sunday morning and worship. Uh, to sing these songs, to read the gospel together without fear of persecution. Uh, we've got, you know, right out there on the door that we're a church, right out in the public. We don't have to meet in someone's basement and hide. Uh, so we're very fortunate. There are believers all over the world that <clears throat> don't have that privilege. So in uh, it, we owe that largely to God's grace and then also the brave men and women that fought and died for this country. So um, let's just take a moment, uh, if you will, to uh, just have a moment of silence. Just kind of remember those uh, men and women that have served our country and uh, are no longer with us, and then we will pray and we'll get started. So you guys just join me in a moment of silence just for a second. Father, we come to you today and we are so thankful for uh, the privilege to be in your house and to worship you. God, we we uh, thank you for all of the many sacrifices uh, by not only the men and women of this country that have fought and died for these freedoms and this privilege, but for your son. God, we're just so thankful that because of the bravery and the courage and the love that other people had for us, that we can be here and do this this morning. So God, I lift everyone up to you uh, that has been in that place. I'll lift their families up to you, God, and I just pray that you would uh, continue to bless this country and put leaders in place that are followers of you. Just anoint them, and God, just please continue to bless us. Thank you for them. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so... Um, as I was discussing, uh, with it being Memorial Day and everything, it's just a a really good weekend to get back to the heart of of why we do this. And so um, I won't waste any more time. Uh, It's not a waste of time, but I'm not going to keep following that. But um, one more thing can we do real quick? I know this is a weekend that we try to remember uh, soldiers, men and women that have died um, fighting for our freedoms. But just out of curiosity, do we have any veterans in the house? Go ahead and stand up for me, please. All right. Thank you. Thank you for your service. All right, guys. So today, um, what we're going to be doing is discussing a topic uh, that's uh, kind of hits close to home for me. Uh, we're going to be talking about stress and anxiety. And so, if you would go ahead and open your Bibles to Philippians chapter four, uh, that's where our scripture reading is going to be from today. We're going to kind of jump around a little bit in the New Testament. Um, and I'll have a lot of stuff on the screen for you, but the main text is going to be in Philippians. So go ahead and turn there. Um, So stress, stress and anxiety. Um, How many people in here deal with stress and anxiety? Yeah, just about everybody, right? Uh, I think it's it's different for everybody. I think we all deal with it on some level. Uh, It can be small stuff. You wouldn't really call it stress or anxiety, just worrying a little bit all the way to full-blown, you know, meltdowns. I think it just, the spectrum's large with people on this one. Um, But I think to some degree, we all deal with it um, somehow in our lives. Everybody deals with worry and maybe doubt and fear and anxiety and stress in different ways and at different times in their life. Um, So we're gonna talk about that a little bit today. Um, I wanna pose a question to begin with that we will answer toward the end of this. And so my question to you is this, why do you think we stress? Why do we get anxious? Why do we worry? We know, we know that things are going to come up in life, right? I mean, it doesn't matter how young you are, you've seen ups and downs. You know, Usually by the time we're not very old, we've seen everything from death to you know, this world is just not the way it was intended to be. So we know things are going to happen, Right but yet we still have a tendency to stress and worry and get anxious. And let me just say this, um, I know that everybody's different and I am not trying to uh, downplay or discount the fact that some people have legitimate chemical imbalances or or things going on that is, is a little bit more than what we're just talking about today. Doesn't mean that this doesn't apply to those people, but I am one of those people that by all means, if you need to see a professional and, you know, be on medication, then do that by all means. I'm not telling you not to do that, but I'm just talking more today uh, in general terms for everybody. So I just want you to be thinking about that. Why do we stress out? Why do we get anxious, okay? So we're gonna kind of tee it up that way and then we'll answer that question at the end. So um, what I wanna do is let's go ahead and take a look at Philippians. Um, I'm gonna read your text here in just a second. Let me, let me kind of give you the context here of what's going on before we read this. Um, Philippians was written by Paul uh, to the church at Philippi. So, the Philippians are the people. This is this church that he's writing to. Now, while he writes this, uh, Paul is in prison. Paul wrote uh, a couple of different books, uh, like four, I think, while he was in prison. This was the last of those four written while he was in prison. So, Paul is the guy that, um, he's not their leader necessarily, but Paul, uh, I think, helped kind of plant this whole church and get things going. So, Paul is like you know, a father figure to these people. He's in prison as he's writing this. Um, we see uh, all throughout Philippians that there was a lot of things going on. Um, there was a lot of opposition at the time. Uh, the Christian church was very young, uh, but being persecuted in many ways. Uh, there was just all kinds of, of turmoil around Christianity at that time. Uh, we see uh, earlier in Philippians that Their leader of their church um, almost died a couple of different times. Uh, We see in the beginning of chapter 4 that we're about to read here in a minute, there was discord within the church. There was people that were arguing and fighting amongst themselves. And so we see that. uh, There's just a lot of bad stuff going on at this church. Uh, They were struggling with and dealing with some false teachers that were teaching uh, reliance on the flesh, not the spirit. So um, to set the stage, things are pretty bad. Uh, It was not going super well at the church of Philippi at the time. So, sounds great, right? Yeah. So, let's jump right in. We're going to start with chapter 4. We're going to start at verse 2. Now, forgive me when I try to say these names. I'm not a uh, philosopher by any means. I entreat Iodia and I entreat Syntyche to agree in the Lord. Yes, I ask you also, true companion, help these women. So that's our scripture text for today. That's what we're going to focus in on. Um, So reading this, it's kind of funny that I just told you kind of what's going on at the church of Philippi. Okay, there's a lot of strife. There's a lot of, we we know uh, as we see in verses two through three, there's a couple of ladies in the church that are not agreeing on some things. Now Paul knows about this and he says, I'm asking you to agree in the Lord. So we know there's some discord, there's some argument going on. There's just all kinds of things on the outside of the church that are just kind of coming at it. So this church is in a kind of a rough patch. And the first thing that Paul says in verse four is rejoice. Again, I'll say to you, rejoice. And it's not a request. He's not asking a question like, hey, do you guys mind rejoicing? Do y'all feel like rejoicing? He's telling them a command, rejoice. And he tells them twice, not just once. He says, I'm going to say it again, rejoice. So it's kind of ironic considering the situation he's telling them rejoice. Rejoice is just the root word there is joy. It's, you know, to be joyful. He's commanding them to do this. Why in the world would they want to be joyful considering everything going on? So we're going to get into that here in just a second. I'm just kind of keeping this going here. Um, he starts out telling them to rejoice not once but twice. Um, Paul knew, in my opinion, I think Paul knew um, that the human heart is deceitful and desperately wicked above all things, as we've learned in Scripture. Paul knew in situations like this, just like we all have a tendency to do and things are going kind of rough or things are going really bad, we have a tendency to focus on that. We have a tendency that's all we think about. It just eats us up. We just get so worried and so stressed out and anxious over different things, but we have a tendency to that's where our mind goes. It's just like Alan was saying just a second ago when we're worshiping, it's easy to go throughout your week and feel like, hey, I've got this. And next thing you've taken your, your sight off of God you're going through your week on your own and things just begin to overwhelm you. And so uh, Paul knew this. And so he starts out saying, rejoice, rejoice. Don't worry about all this stuff going on. You've got to focus on God and find your joy in him. Now let's, let's keep going with this. Then we get into verse six. this is the the key verse here to this text that I want us to think about. Do not be anxious about anything, but we're going to pause for just a second. This is the second time that I know of in Scripture where we see this word, but, come in, that's like a lifesaver. You guys remember when we were going through um, Ephesians with Kyle? I'm going to read that to you really quick. In Ephesians chapter 2 was where we saw that big verse where that one's one of the ones that we've honed in on a lot. And it was Ephesians 2, verse 3. It said, Among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. So there we go. That's children of wrath. We're sinners. There's no hope. But God, and then it's all the things He did. So there we see that big shift. And we see that again in Philippians. Um, We see, don't be anxious about anything. But so Paul here, he offers an alternative. Okay. So he doesn't just do what it seems like a lot of people do to me. When I begin to stress out and get anxious, if I try to talk to anybody about it, usually what I hear is, well, don't worry about it. That helps a lot. Thanks. You know, it's what I needed to hear. Just don't worry about it. So Paul actually offers some good advice here. He says, here's what to do. Okay. Don't be anxious, but instead here's what you're going to do. So we're going to look at this. Uh, in verse 6, the second part of verse 6, in everything, I'm actually going to read you verse 6 real quick because I want to kind of break this down a little different. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known Be made known to God. So if you take that, and I'm probably going to get myself in trouble with the teachers here, uh, if you take that and just kind of break that sentence down and rearrange it a little bit, pretty much what he's saying is, in everything, let your request be made known to God. How? Through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. So he's saying, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, let your request be made known to God. Well, how do you do that? Through prayer and supplication and thanks, with thanksgiving. So what does that mean? What does prayer and supplication, what does, what does that even mean? So I need to take my request to God instead of being anxious. Well, how do I do that? Through these things. So prayer. We all know what prayer is, right? Just us talking to God. It's us sharing our heart with the Lord. Now, um, the technical definition of it, according to Wikipedia, is a solemn request for help or expression of thanks addressed to God or an object of worship. Okay? Fair enough. Supplication. This is one that I think not so many people know exactly what that means. So supplication. The action of asking or begging for something earnestly and humbly. Pretty good. I like that. And then Thanksgiving. What does that mean? Not the holiday. means expression of gratitude, especially toward God. So what he's saying here, Paul is saying, don't be anxious about anything. Instead, in everything you do, make your request known to God by a solemn request for help or expression of thanks, by asking or begging humbly and earnestly and having an expression of gratitude, especially toward God. And so, to me, what this means is, I think we all know, anytime we pray, the definition of supplication, thanksgiving, all of this, sounds really great. To me, when I break this down to just its core essence, what this means to me is I need to go to God and share my heart and bear my heart to God. I need to pour my heart out to God. When I get anxious, instead of dwelling on that, I need to go to the Lord I need to pray. I need to just let it all out and just let Him know my heart and my soul and what's going on. Prayer and supplication and thanksgiving is not just an intellectual thing. It's not just a thought process. It's not cold and calculated. It is a more, it's a more—it's a heart and soul issue. When we go to the Lord in prayer, and I'm, I'm not knocking anybody. I've done this too. It's not just a, dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. It's, that, it's not always that. It's a It is a core thing that the Holy Spirit inside us does. It's supposed to be us communicating with God on just a raw level. And we even learn in Scripture, in Romans 8.26, I'm going to read you that really quick. There are times, depending on what we're going through in life, that we can't even come up with the words. And that's fine. We don't have to have the words. It doesn't have to sound fancy. Romans 8.26 tells us this, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, but we do not know what to pray, for as we ought. But the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. I don't know about you, but there have been a lot of times in my life, whether really bad or really good, that I'm so overwhelmed, I can't try to sit down and put that into words for the Lord. I just have to... And He knows what I mean the Spirit intercedes for me in that. And so when I read this and I read about not being anxious, but going to the Lord through prayer, through supplication, with thanksgiving, that's what I imagine. I imagine taking this stress, this anxiety, whatever's going on in my life, and just going to God. And if I have to get down on my knees and just bear it all to Him, just give it to Him. So that's that's what I'm getting at. So in your notes, um, I kind of ran right past this point. Your first point in your notes is going to be, we combat stress and anxiety by making God the focus of our hearts. All of what I've just talked about is heart issue stuff. This is a heart and the soul. This is not just intellectual thinking. It's not cold calculated stuff. Paul's urging the Philippians, don't be anxious. Go to the Lord in prayer through supplication, thanksgiving, Go to him and make your request known. We're going to get to um, here in just a little bit, uh, verse 7. I'm going to to kind of skip it for now. We're going to get to it in just a little bit. But Paul's telling them, bear your heart to God. Take it to God. Let him know your heart. Let him know your soul and what's going on. So moving on, um, we also see, um, and, and I absolutely love this, that when we begin to stress, when we begin to get anxious, I know a lot of times in my life when this happens, when I try to talk to other people about this, it usually doesn't go very well. Um, How many people in here just love to listen to other people complain? (laughs) Not very many, right? It's just not attractive. Nobody really, and, and I thank God for the people in my life who will lend an ear and listen and try to give good advice, but it is not an easy thing to do, is it? And quite honestly, I don't know that a whole lot of us are, are equipped to do that. So those people that God places in your life that will listen and give you godly advice, cherish those people. And by all means, don't wear them down by just always nagging and complaining. But it's a hard thing to do. And that's why we need to take this to God too. It's good to have friends that will give you advice, but let your request be made known to God. But what I, the point I want to make in this is that it's easy for other people to listen to you, to your stresses and your worries and your anxieties. And they just say, oh man, that's not that big of a deal. Stop, stop stressing about that. You're going to be fine. You know, just, oh, just don't worry about it. Just think about the Lord. And it's just kind of dismissive. You know, it's just this, ah, you're just, you're getting worked up about nothing. And they make your worries and your concerns seem small. I know for me, When I begin to get stressful and anxious about some things, it's kind of like if you had a glass of water. And if I were really good, I would have had a glass of water and done a little illustration. But if you can imagine a glass of water and I took ink and dropped one drop in there, it starts out as a little drop. And next thing you know, it just goes through the whole glass and the whole thing looks dark. That's the way stress and anxiety affects some people's minds is it starts out as something itty bitty And it just eats away at them until they are just consumed with it. It can ruin your entire day. That's done that to me multiple times. Or I just get worked up over nothing. And so it's really hard to take that to people. They don't understand in your mind how big of a deal this is. It just seems small to them. But what I want to tell you is the Lord doesn't see that as just something small that's fine that you need to forget about. God cares about you, what you care about. God cares about your stresses and your anxieties. Uh, I want to read to you uh, in Matthew chapter 6, starting at verse 25. And this was, uh, I kind of wrestled with, I wanted to kind of preach from this text, because it also talks about anxiety, but it talks about it uh, more in terms of money. And so we're going to kind of look at it a little bit. But Matthew chapter 6, starting at verse 25, tells us this. And your heavenly Father knows what you need, knows that you need them all. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient is the day for its own trouble. Amen, right? So what we see in this is that if God cares about the birds in the air and He feeds them and provides for them, If God cares about the lilies of the field and has made them so beautiful that they're more beautiful than Solomon and all his glory, how much more will he care for you? Nothing is insignificant to God. No concern is too small or too big for God. So take your heart, take your soul, take these things to the Lord. Make your requests known to Him and just share your heart with God. Um, Make God the focus of your heart. Going into point number two, we're going to look at verse 8. Uh, the second part in your, in your notes there, we combat stress and anxiety by making God the focus of our minds. We see a little bit of a transition here in our Scripture text um, going from verse 7 into verse 8. Uh, Paul tells us, "...the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus." So we go from a heart issue now to that will guard our hearts and minds. So we're getting into a a thought process, a mind issue here. And he starts with verse 8 saying, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, honorable, just, pure, lovely, commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. So we went from a heart issue, going to God through prayer, through, through supplication, just bearing our hearts to God, exposing our souls to God, just being with God with, through all this anxiety and stress, to now letting God protect our mind and He's telling us what to think on, what to focus our thoughts on. So we've gone from a heart issue to a mind issue too. We see that transition pretty clearly. Um, anytime we find ourselves in dire straits, Anytime we find ourselves in situations that are stressful or anxious, I don't know about you, but I have a tendency to just dwell on that. It's like I said, it's like that drop of ink in that glass. It starts out small and next thing you know, I'm worrying about it, I'm stressing about it. I'm laying up at night, not sleeping over it. Uh, It has a tendency to consume our thoughts. That's all we think about is how am I gonna fix this? How am I gonna get out of this? What can I do? Um, It just takes over everything we think about and it can affect every aspect of our life Every day. So it's easy to let this become the focus of our thoughts. We need to make God the focus of our minds, though. So, something I want to touch on too, this is kind of a side note, is I want you to think about uh, the things that you take in daily through your eyes and your ears, just anything. Uh, It can be TV, uh, social media, music, what you read, uh, the people that you're around, the conversations you have, all of this stuff. Coming in your ears and your eyes that you're receiving in affects what you think about. And it affects your heart, quite honestly. Uh, I remember learning years and years ago, uh, this was kind of the, the plug that we got in youth group for uh, bad music, like secular music versus Christian music. Is like if you fill your head with that stuff, that's all you're going to think about all the time. It's going to change your attitude and the way you think, you know. And some of that might have been a little overstated, but I can attest to the truth of some of that. I don't know about you guys, but if I'm driving around all day listening to extremely angry gangster rap like Tupac, I'm not going to come in here, be primed and ready to go lead little life. That's just not going to work for me. I don't know about you guys, but I'm going to be pretty angry. It's going to kind of stir some things in my heart and I'm not going to be super happy when I get done. So I'm not trying to be legalistic here and I don't want to sound like a Pharisee, but what I want to tell you is Uh, The things that you allow to go in your eyes and ears, the things that you're thinking on daily are going to affect the way your heart operates. It's going to affect your thought process and everything else you do. That doesn't mean that you have to listen to nothing but Caleb. Thank God. I like Caleb, don't get me wrong. But um, I'm not trying to sound like a Pharisee in that. What I want you to know is we have to protect our thoughts and our minds. We have to stay focused on God and everything that we do. So let's kind of look at this a little bit more. Um, Paul tells us in this Scripture, in verse 8, he says, "...whatever is true, honorable, just, pure, lovely, commendable, excellent, and worthy of praise, think about these things." So Paul's telling us, here's what you need to be thinking about. And he names off all this stuff. So what fits that description? Let's get practical about this, okay? Paul's telling us, don't be anxious, Go to God, share your heart to God through prayer and all this, and then think about things that are blah, 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 blah. What fits that description? What are those things? Well, I don't know about you, but when I think about things that are, what were they again? True, honorable, just, pure, lovely, commendable, excellent, and worthy of praise, really only one thing comes to mind. It's our Lord, our Savior Jesus Christ. To me, He's the only one that fits that description. There are a lot of great things in life. Don't get me wrong, um, but if I'm going to focus my thoughts on something that fits this description, I want to focus my thoughts on God. God fits all of that to a T, and I think that's where Paul was going with this. So he's telling us what to focus on, um, and I'm talking about you know with your with your what goes in your eyes and ears, and making sure to keep your thoughts focused on God and not to let things come in that are going to distract you from God. Uh, I believe it was, um, we see it in Hebrews. We see it in the Psalms of David, where we just hear authors throughout Scripture saying, I delight in your commands. I love your word. I dwell on your word. I just, I can't get enough of it. It's like honey. And so that's the kind of attitude we need to have when it comes to the Lord and not just his word, but just any way we can get access to Scripture. And that comes in a variety of ways. It comes to us through music. It comes through us through obviously the word of god through reading the bible it can come to us through people through fellowship with other believers the way they have conversations with you what they're talking about how they lift you up by encouraging you giving you good godly advice I mean you're getting the gospel in that and so surround yourself instead of the negative stuff bringing all that in and letting that change the way you think surround yourself with god and the gospel through your music through your what you read what you watch keep yourself pure in that aspect. So um, how do we take this now and how do we make it practical, just like we did with the heart? What are some ways we can make this real and apply this? Spending time in the Word, listening to the Word through music, all these things are good. They're practical ways to do this. We don't do this out of legalism. We don't do this because we're Pharisees. We do this because we love the Lord. Just like I was talking about in Psalms with David, where he says, I delight in your word. I love your word. Psalm 119, we're getting ready to start a new series pretty soon called Summer in the Psalms. And on Wednesday night, instead of having home group, we're all going to meet here. All the home groups are going to come here and meet together. And we are going to go through Psalm 119 together. And that's what Psalm 119, there are parts in it, verses 9 through 16, as a matter of fact, Um Let me just read that to you really quick. I think I gave that to Josh for projection. Let me just pull it up really quick and I'll read it to you. Um, This is going to kind of be the heart behind some of what we're going to go through this summer on Wednesday nights, but Psalm 119, 9 through 16 says this, How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. With my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I've stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, Lord. Teach me your statutes. With my lips, I declare all the rules of your mouth. In the way of your testimonies, I delight as much in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. I will delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word. That is the, the attitude we should have. We should want more and more of God in every aspect of life. So, um, practically speaking, in your notes, you know, I've got these two points. Make God the focus of your heart. Make Him the focus of your mind. Below that, you see how. Well, in this one, how, a really good thing that I think is just every like Facebook, movies, TV, any kind of stuff like that that you go through throughout your day, make sure that you're seeking out the Lord in those things. Make sure that you're surrounding yourself with positive, encouraging things, not things that are going to change your focus and make you think negative or make you depressed. So seek the Lord out in that. So to kind of wrap this thing up and and put a cap on it, I want us to think about this too. Um, Paul tells us don't be anxious about anything. Um, Matthew 6.27 that I read earlier says, um, which of you by being anxious can add a single uh, minute to his life? So we know being anxious, stressing out does us no good. We know that. But nevertheless, it's a part of everyday life for most of us, right? So we have to learn how to combat this and how to deal with it on a practical, real level and on a biblical level. Um, I know I told you guys that I deal with stress and anxiety a lot, and I do. It, it's something that um, has just kind of been a part of my life um, since I was young growing up. Uh, I have a tendency to be a uh a, a negative Nancy, a Debbie Downer. Uh, I have been accused before if the world was Winnie the Pooh, I'm Eeyore. So I know that seems kind of weird um, for most of you guys that that know me and are around me because I like to joke and stuff, but I think that's because I have a tendency to just stress out and stuff a lot, so I try to be lighthearted, but I do. I worry a lot, and a lot of it is just silly stuff, but that doesn't mean that it just doesn't happen, so I have to learn how to deal with this in a biblical way, and so I think for all of us, uh, when anxiety begins to creep in and stress, I think what has happened is Maybe unintentionally, we have begun to take our focus and our gaze off of the Lord. I think we've allowed our circumstances and life around us to become what we've focused on. It's all we're thinking about. It's all we see. It's like Alan said, we go through our weeks sometimes or months or maybe even years where we don't even look at God. We just, I've got this, let me just do this, I'll do the God thing on Sunday morning. And what happens is when you're not focusing on the Lord, if you're not Focusing your heart on God and focusing your mind on the Lord, it's so easy to let those things overwhelm you. And it just, it just becomes this weight on your shoulders. But thank God Scripture tells us that we don't have to carry that weight. Jesus did it for us. And so that's why when you, you hear some of these songs that we sing, they talk about having your burdens lifted, having the chains broken. You don't have to live like that. Paul's giving you an alternative right here. Don't be anxious. Instead, in everything you do through prayer and supplication, let your heart be made known to God. Let your thoughts be about God. Focus on Him. So now that we've seen these two things, let's kind of wrap this up with our conclusion here. What happens when we do this? When we focus our hearts on the Lord, when we focus our minds on the Lord, what's the result? I mean, we know being anxious is what happens when we don't. So obviously the opposite of that would be peace, So we see in verses 7 and in verse 9, Kyle talked last week on felt needs versus spiritual needs. The felt need here is anxiety. The spiritual need is much deeper than that. It's that we've taken our focus off of the Lord. So what we see here is that if we'll get our focus back on God through our hearts, through our minds, the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts, and minds in Christ Jesus. That's verse nine, verse seven. Verse nine tells us what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me. Practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. So, if you do what Paul's telling you here, you know how in our handouts. If you'll look on the back there, where all your questions are, like right below that, it says "doers of the word." We try to really push that for you guys. Um, We want you to take what we learn in this place on Sundays and on Wednesday nights in home group and apply it. Don't just let it be a head knowledge. Don't let it just be things you hear us talking about up here and like, that sounds great. And then that's it. Take it and apply it. Do it. Try it. See what happens. Paul's telling them, especially in verse 9, the things that I've been telling you that you've seen me do and that you've heard me say practice this. Practice what you're preaching. Practice what I'm preaching to you. Take it and do it. Apply it. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will be with you, right? And the God of peace will be with you. I want to touch on this a little bit more, but um, Alan, go ahead and come up and we're going to get ready to wrap this up. Uh, you guys go ahead and stand to your feet for me.